What's up, champs? Welcome back to Short Shifts, the twice-weekly check-in on all things fantasy hockey around the NHL. My name is Ben Burnett. Joining me, as always, my pal and yours, Louis Ezekiel. Louis, my friend, how are you doing this fine, fine winter's evening? I'm doing great. You know, work just called. School is canceled. You don't have to go into your job today. Uh, everything is canceled because Trevor Zegers just set up this Michigan assist goal for Sonny Milano. That's like the craziest thing I've ever seen. It was so awesome. He like lacrossed the puck up behind the net and tossed it out in front. He batted it out of the air. Yeah, no one has to do anything tomorrow. It's all canceled. I like that you're describing this play right now for me because I, I do think that there's a sizable population of of listeners who haven't seen the goal yet, like our time. But I do think that it's like the level of highlight where every single person who's listening tomorrow will have seen it like on a loop at this point. Well, yeah, you know, that's the danger, I suppose, of, of recording after the games have started. But oh, I don't even mean that to like chastise you. I just I just mean to say like it's it just to back you up. Like it's just like that level of uh, it's just an incredible goal. Yeah, a beautiful. A thing of true beauty. Mm-hmm. Mike Legg is proud wherever he is. Kale Clegg's dad? Is that Mike- what I'm, <laughs> I'm a Kale Clegg's dad? Yeah. Mike My, Legg? Mike, Mike Clegg. I've never heard of Mike Legg. Wow. Lewis, let's get... <laughs> Lewis, let's get right into the hockey analysis, and we are going to start in where else but Dallas, where the Bish is back. Ben Bishop loaned to the Texas Stars for conditioning. I guess he's technically not back-back, but he is on the ice and going to play a hockey game, a competitive hockey game, presumably, which gives me enough leeway to make that pun. Uh, He's been practicing with the Dallas Stars for quite a while, but hasn't played an NHL game since before the pandemic. And this is interesting, I think, in particular, because it's just one more cook in the Dallas kitchen. Lewis, I'm wondering, what's your vibe on who is worth holding here, and how do you handle this four-headed monster moving forward? Well, on the Super Show, you heard Brian and Elon talk about how Rick Bonus did us a solid, as long as he sticks to it, and explained that he would you know, start each of the goalies two times. Um, each of you them. Know. There's four of them. They, they don't well, have eight games. We're talking about Holtby and Ettinger here, who are the goalies who are actually playing at this time. Um, you know, just being forward thinking, uh, despite Ettinger's play, it does seem like he'll end up being the odd man out. You know, I think it's disappointing, certainly, that he may, you know, miss out on opportunities that he has earned, but he is the guy who can be sent down uh, without having to make his way through waivers. So that seems like the most likely outcome uh, once Bishop is eventually there. Um, and Hudobin, I would guess, is someone who could potentially be on the move, too. This is all just speculation, obviously. Um But yeah, if, if, I, if I have to put my guess down here today, uh, I would say that uh, Holtby and uh, Bishop will end up being your two goalies at some point here in the season once they're ready to kind of commit in that direction. So do you think that, therefore, those guys are holdable? Or are you... What's your vibe? Like, are, are any of those guys rosterable if there are that many cooks in the kitchen? Yeah, it, well, it's tough, right? Because I really like Ettinger right now, and he's been quite effective mm-hmm. uh, in fantasy, which which... Yeah, it makes this all very complicated. I think you just, I think this is going to be a lengthy conditioning stint. You know, I was getting myself all excited about, um, uh, about Pavel Franco's making a comeback. And I definitely was getting ahead of myself because it seems like he's going to be down on his, uh, conditioning stint for quite a while too. So I think you just got to be patient, uh, and, and wait and 
you know, keep your ear close for the news. You know, the nice thing is, um, I believe that he is still IR eligible, unlike someone like, say, a Tukarask, uh, who would have, who's, is NA on Yahoo and would have to be, you know, actually taking up a spot on your roster. So he's someone that you can add if you can stash, you know, if you've got the room and if you think you've got the moves, but really make sure you've got the moves. Uh, when I added Franzos, I was feeling very confident about my matchup and then I had a 85 point swing over the course of two days and it was really brutal. So, uh, you know, just make sure you're really, really confident you've got the space to make a move that could potentially, uh, harm your team. I ended up losing by more than, uh, I would have gotten from a streamer. So I'm going to warm myself by that meager fire. So the interesting thing here is there are two types of conditioning loans. The standard type, which lasts for 14 consecutive days, players sent down, plays in the game, and then sent back up to the NHL. Uh, There's also a long-term injured reserve conditioning loan where players can be sent down uh, without operating, without having to put their cap back on, uh, or without having to put their salary hit back on the cap, and they can stay down for uh, six days or three six days and three games either maximum triggers the end of the loan and the loan is basically to determine a player's fitness to return off of LTIR I have to assume then that basically Bishop is not long for the AHL which was kind of my initial guess just because he's been out for so long I am actually not interested in any player in any goalie in Dallas until things settle down or at least once Bishop is called back up. I like Holtby a lot right now. Ettinger is good in a spot start. But once one of those goaltenders is out in exchange for Bishop, I think all bets are off. I To me, it's, it's a stay-away situation. There's just too many players involved. But uh, certainly you can hit us up on Twitter or on the patron-only Discord group and see how we feel once this news progresses. Lewis, why don't you take us over to Florida next? All right, well, we are very happy, uh, except for those of us who are playing against them this week, uh, to welcome back uh, Barkov and Forsling uh, to the Panthers. Um, you know, obviously great for them, great news for Florida's goalies, I think, to have a defenseman and a responsible and effective 200-foot forward back in the lineup. Uh, it does spell the end of power play one time for Owen Tippett, who got around 50% of the power play time over these last three games. Maxime Mammon has held on to a spot on Barkov's line with uh, Verhage, so that might be an interesting guy to watch in kind of the Alexi Protest vein of guys who might touch a puck that is then potted by a superstar or might knock a puck off of a, in off of a superstar setup. Uh, so just a couple guys to kind of uh, uh, keep in mind as interesting streams who are getting good deployment uh, at even strength. Um, but obviously the big news is uh, with Barkov and Forsling back, uh, I think you're going to have, you know, a little bit more effective play in general that'll benefit the goalies. Obviously, it's great for the Barkov owners. Not great for Tippett. That's really all I've got to say about that return. Good that he's back on the ice. It's good for hockey. All right, Lewis, we're going to head to Toronto next, where Mitch Marner has now been officially diagnosed uh, with a shoulder injury, and he will be out for three to four weeks after colliding with Jake Muzzin at practice. Uh, in the meantime, we see Andre Kasha practicing on power play one. We had Jason Spezza on line one last game, but he has now officially been suspended for six games after headhunting on Neil Pionk. The Leafs are rolling a top line of Austin Matthews, Michael Bunting, and Wayne Simmons, and they've scored two goals tonight. So obviously they're doing something right. Uh, on power play one, we're seeing Andre Kasha ascend the ranks finally to getting some nice deployment for the first time in Toronto. Any interest in uh, 
in Simmons or Andre Kasha? And and if so, I guess how would you compare them to a Maxime Mammon? Uh, you know, I mean, I think Kasha is a little bit more of a known commodity. I think that uh, Simmons is kind of washed. I don't think he's gotten in on any of these goals that they've been blasting in against Columbus. So not super interested there. Um, yeah, I think Kasha of the group is the most interesting. Uh, not getting great even strength deployment, but is up on that top power play. And we've seen how effective that it can be. Um, you know, and if Simmons can't even get in, you know, on, on all the scoring that they're doing, I don't know, it just doesn't do it for me. Um, yeah, give me, give me cash of that group. I think I'd go Mammon, but I, I definitely hear you. I think it could go either way between Kasha and Mammon, and I'm I'm way over Wayne Simmons. I do agree with you there. Uh, speaking of that Jets-Leafs fracas, uh, two-game suspension has been announced for Neil Pionk after he need Rasmus Sandin, um, leaving Sandin injured for several weeks. Unfortunately, I don't think there's much fantasy relevance to get to there. Unfortunately, Pionk is also in concussion protocol following that knee to the head from Jason Spezza. In the meantime, I think it might be Nate Schmidt's season. He's taken over power play one with Pionk on the shelf. He and Josh Morrissey had both been getting power play two time beneath Pionk on the depth chart. So it's interesting to see Schmidt take the first step to getting that top deployment. Uh, I had the choice between both of them in the cupful today, and I went with Josh Morrissey because he's been shooting more. He's been he, he's adding a, a hit and a block per game. I didn't know who to expect on Power Play 1, so I'm a little bit disappointed to see that, uh, that Schmidt got the first crack at it. But definitely, I think that both have some added value with Pionk on the shelf. Yeah, I kind of like Schmidt. He's been my bottom defender in uh, the keeper that you've set up where we're actually facing off against each other this week. And every time I try to go to drop him, he does something nice. He's got an assist here on Tuesday. And certainly if he's going to move into that uh, power play role, you know, he might be worth uh, hanging on to for at least a little bit longer since uh, there's going to be at least one more game here uh, where uh, unless things get shaken up, you know, if they don't have a lot of success, uh, he'll probably remain in that position. Um, and obviously the injury may keep uh, Pionk out for longer than the suspension itself. All right, Lewis, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll get into the streaks portion of the show. You're listening to Short Shifts. Lewis, you know, the temperatures outside have been dropping, which means NHL season is well underway. And there's absolutely no need to exhaust yourself looking all over the internet, scouring for tickets to see your favorite hockey team play. And that's because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll need as your go-to for all tickets for NHL hockey, concerts, NFL, NBA, and more. You know, Lewis, it's been a long time since I've been able to go see a live NHL game because of the pandemic. And I, I live in uh, I live on the East Coast now where there is not an NHL team. But my dad and I have recently been talking about going to Toronto or Montreal to catch a game. And I think that we're actually looking at going to see the Leafs face off against Tampa later on this season. Two NHL teams who have been incredible lately. And I Cannot wait to go to TickPick.com to get my tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NHL hockey tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. Visit TickPick today at TickPick.com slash Carlson. 
Welcome back to Short Shifts. Lewis, I'm going to pose you a question to start off our streak section tonight. And this question came from Cousin Dave Benton of the Stream Scheme on our patron-only Discord group. Dave asks, who would you drop first, Cold Streak Tyler Sagan or Cold Streak Taylor Hall? Ah, uh, the classic Taylor versus Tyler debate that we all knew back in 2017 we would be having here in 2021. Ugh, it's just unfortunate. Um, you know, I, I thought about this. I want to give Dave, you know, a good answer because he provides us with so much excellent content. You know, I really think after looking at this, you know, this is no fun to decide because uh, really, you know, why not both, right? Por que no los dos? I think I'd prefer to keep Sagan over Hall. They both have very underwhelming even strength lineups. And honestly, Sagan's have been worse. But Sagan has been seeing significant time on the power play with Ben and Gurianov. I can't imagine that would be considered the top power play since it's not where Pavelski and Rope Hintz and Jason Robertson are playing. But it is the only power play unit to score in the last three games. Uh, Hall is going to be demoted with Marchand's return from suspension and did nothing with the prime deployment he did get. Sagan hasn't seen that kind of deployment in quite a while now. So my, sort of the way I'm thinking about it, and, and to quote D. Reynolds from Always Sunny in Philadelphia, you know, nobody ever wins those lottery ticket scratchers, right? But as long as you don't scratch it, then you're not a loser. You know, in fact, you're a winner, potentially. So we've seen Hall play terribly with top deployment recently, but not Sagan. So he's not a loser. He's a winner, potentially. You know, I like that uh, he could possibly work his way. If he were to work his way up the lineup, he could actually see some productive results while Hall did work his way up the lineup and hasn't. So give me Sagan over Hall in this battle of former stars who, you know, were just anxious to possibly get rid of both of them. I, uh, I mean, do you see any reason to think that Sagan could move up the lineup? I'm, I'm feeling pretty confident that the stars feel good about their top line over there. Sure, but you know, then what? What are you know? What's the the debate over exactly? Like somebody with bad deployment who is not producing, and someone with maybe middling deployment who is you know was un- incapable of producing even when things were going well for him. Yeah, you I think know, the I, answer is neither, like or both rather. Drop drop them both at the same time. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. There you go, Dave. <laughs> no, I would. The answer I, you were hoping for. I mean, like. To not just be cute with it, I would I would defer to the schedule, and obviously, because nothing's ever easy, they have identical schedules this week, Dallas and Boston, so I would look ahead, and it appears that Boston has four games next week, which seems impossible based on how the schedule has been laid out for Boston so far. It seems like it might have been illegal for the league to have scheduled them for more than three games in a single week. But I would probably drop Sagan first. I think that there's nothing to be excited about there. Uh, I don't have much more hope for Hall, but that's kind of where we're left off here. Uh, Lewis, why don't you take us at least to a spot where we can feel good about one of these players that we're talking about? I was going to say, let's brighten up our day a little bit here. I want to talk about a hot streak for Jeff Carter, 32% owned on, or, uh, rostered on Yahoo. He's got five points in the last five games, including three goals on 13 shots. You know, this was a guy who I thought would probably take a step back after Crosby's return. The rust injury has let him hang out on power play one, although he's actually doing most of his damage at even strength. 
Uh, he's played 18 plus minutes in four of the last five. And in the fifth, he scored twice in a blowout. So there was no real need for him to get a whole bunch of time out there. You know, he's got nice deployment, especially while Russ remains sidelined. This is somebody that would be anxious to get in my lineup. The only issue with him really is that he's uh, center only eligibility. So if you do have some uh, winger eligibility concerns, uh, just make sure you can fit him in your lineup before you rush out to add him. But uh, this is a guy who, uh, you know, pretty uh, minimal ownership and someone that I would really like to get on my roster. Yes. If you listen to the Keeping Carlson Mega Show last week, then you know that Carter was on the list of halves on Pittsburgh. So I concur with you here, Lewis. I think that he's a he's a player worth rostering. I'm going to talk about a player who I'm a little bit more bearish on, and that is Andre Burakovsky over in Colorado. This season started off like a dream, a near point per game pace with 14 in his first 15 games this year for Andre Burakovsky, but now he has just one goal in his last six games played. It's starting to affect his Yahoo rostered percentage as well, though he is still rostered in 60% of leagues. But what worries me about Burakovsky isn't a change in deployment that we've seen. He's usually been a line two power play two guy in Colorado. And that's why, you know, to see that same deployment this year, it doesn't really freak me out, even if his full season pace is a bit of a, a bit down from his usual 60 point pace. But we thought he might take over for Donskoy on power play one preseason. That hasn't been the case as, and this is the requisite short shifts Nazem Kadri mentioned, Nazem Kadri has obviously filled that power play one role with aplomb. Burakovsky should be fine, but he's always been this ride him while he's hot, drop him when he's not type fantasy asset. And I don't think he's a must hold in most leagues, especially 10 or 12 teamers. But Colorado also has Stream Agami this week. They play Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. And like you mentioned, it's a super tough week for streamers uh, with the, the super heavy Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday schedule. I'm probably going to give him till the end of this week to find his footing and then giving up if things don't turn around. All right, well, let's head on over to St. Louis, where we've got another interesting hot streak that I want to take a look at, and that is Ivan Barbashev. Uh, this is a guy who has triple forward eligibility on Yahoo, uh, five points over his last five games, and I can actually update that to at least six points over his last six games as he potted an assist here on Tuesday. Uh, that game, obviously, is still in progress, so... Uh, there's a possibility of more to come, or who knows, he'll be injured by the next time we talk about him. Hopefully not. I feel like I just cursed him. Bad, bad move. Uh, he's seen at least 17 minutes a night over this five-game span and over 50% of the power play time on ice in three of those games. Uh, his center, Rob Thomas, is busted. And, and Rob, if you're gone, uh, it looks like he'll line up with Oscar Sundquist and Logan Brown on line three until Thomas is back to good. Uh, Barbashev's power play deployment with Saad, Buchnevich, and Thomas pre-injury, uh, along with Scotty Prunes on the blue line, has three power play goals in the last three games, uh, while the nominal top power play hasn't had any. Besides Thomas's injury, Barbashev's shooting also has me somewhat concerned. Those four goals in the last five games have come on seven shots, and obviously there's no way he keeps that up, much less the 21% shooting he's had on the season. Um, but still, with three games remaining after Tuesday night, he might be getting the minutes and power play that would make him a useful streamer for the remainder of the week and potentially beyond. All right, Lewis, that is all the time that we have for tonight's episode. From myself, Ben Burnett, thank you so much for listening. Why don't you sign us on out of here? All right. Well, thank you all so much for joining us. We very much appreciate you uh, downloading and listening to our show, maybe even leaving us a nice review. 
Uh, we've really enjoyed the Twitter interactions over the last couple of days, too. So please be sure to give us a follow and talk to us at ShortShiftsKK, as well as Brian and Elon at Keeping Carlson, Dave Betton of Stream Scheme at NHL Stream Scheme. Also recommend you follow at Game Day Lines, at Game Day Goalies, and at Game Day News. That will help make sure that you are on the cutting edge of everything that is going on in the fantasy world and help you dominate your league. Uh, please visit the great sites where we research our episodes with at Yahoo, Frozen Tools, Natural Stat Trick, and Cupful. Our intro and outro music was created by Pat Roach. And until we see you next time, play smart and keep your shifts short. Shift, 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 sh